Hello everyone, and thank you for coming back to yet another episode of The Gloving Paradigm. I am your host, Peter, aka LPD8 Dubuque, and this week is going to be a very interesting week because I've seen this topic pretty much being brought up every now and then, every probably couple of weeks, somebody usually will ask this in one of the groups, and so I thought it would be an interesting topic for me to cover, and the topic for this week is going to be about speed control. Now, I know a lot of people have their different opinions when it comes to speed control and the importance of speed control, but regardless of how people feel about that, I just want to cover this topic to explain why some people find it very important and maybe why other people don't find it as important, as well as a couple ideas and techniques people have come up with to actually help people kind of get speed control in their brain, you know what I mean, like they, they, to understand how to do speed control. So the reason why speed control, at least in my opinion, it's important because it's all about pacing. Okay, just like how stories have to have pacing, you know, they either have fast pace or slow pace. Sometimes they go in between, they tend to jump around in terms of pacing, in terms of stories. But again, this isn't about storytelling. This is more about just speed control and the importance of it. And of course, to me, pacing is very important when it comes to our crafts because you know, knowing how fast or slow, you need to be in pretty much integral to the entire craft, basically, you know. Uh, especially if, you know, musicality is one of those things that you really want to work on. Speed control and musicality are pretty much go hand in hand because, you know, the music is what's setting the tempo for you, it's setting the pacing for you, it is literally setting everything up for your show to be what it is. Now, I know certain people kind of like having a choreography, choreographed type show, and that's totally fine. Some people like the whole freestyle, just going off the cuff, which is totally fine as well. You know, it, it doesn't really matter what you're doing, if it's choreography or freestyle, speed control is going to play a factor in it regardless, okay? So knowing how to move fast or slow is integral to your craft, and... To me, speed control also will allow you to show your moves slash concepts and allows them to be comprehended by your viewer. Okay, I, I can certainly tell you that I've seen a lot of newcomers when they're doing either tutting or any form of tech. You know, they're, they're moving in between each set really, really fast. And I can totally understand when you're just, you know, you're just going ham at it. However, when it comes to speed control, you definitely want to take that into consideration when you're doing some a little bit more intricate and complex concepts just because if you're doing it really, really fast, your your viewer is not really going to comprehend what you're doing and it's just going to have this weird blurring effect on your on your show altogether. You know, that's that's the main reason why I always find speed control to be very important so that way your, your moves and concepts can be comprehended very clearly. And of course, one of the bigger things to me is that it will give you an edge with your surprise moves. You know, the whole, I don't want to just say impacting, but impacting is a great example where, you know, you don't have anything going on and all of a sudden, boom, there it is. You know, that, that that's the thing when it comes to speed control is that if your timing's right and you have that under control, then it's just going to exemplify your craft altogether. Okay, so... There, there are many reasons why speed control is very important. Like, if you guys even remember the little photo that I posted on my page a few, I want to say maybe a couple weeks ago now, uh, where, where I was talking about when you're going ham on a show, your glove slips off, hits another glover, and they take that as a challenge. You know, <laughs> speed control is also important with that too because you don't want your gloves flying off, which tends to 
happen to me if I don't have my rubber bands on properly, you know. And that's just mostly because, you know, with the cube diffusers, they do add quite a bit of weight to the lights. And if I don't have anything kind of holding them down, they will fly off my hands. That's just tends to happen, especially if you're going ham and your hands start to get a little sweaty. It's going to make it a lot easier for your gloves to fly off. So, you know, speed control is very, very important for that kind of kind of thing, you know. <laughs> I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had my gloves slip off on me and almost hit somebody. Uh, most of the time, though, it's just I'm usually off to the side, so and I'm always facing towards a wall when I'm giving somebody a light show. So if they do fly off, they usually just go and smack against the wall, and hopefully there's no one behind the person I'm giving a light show to. You know, so <laughs> you know, it's just one of those things you gotta keep in mind when it comes to how fast they're moving. So. I've been, I searched around, I looked around to see what people have suggested, and I had plenty of people tell me a lot of, you know, suggestions, which I thought were really, really great. Uh, when it comes to music, a lot of people are going to tell you to choose slower songs. Uh, you know, there's a lot of artists out there and a lot of genres out there that are very slow-paced style music, you know. So, yes, that is definitely something that's definitely going to help you. I have plenty of artists that I listen to that are much slower in nature with their music, so, you know. Sun Glitters, XXYYXX, Team Days, Slow Magic on certain songs, you know. You, you have all these different artists that you can just look into. I know uh, a lot of the artists that I listen to, they, between their songs, they can either be fast-paced or slow-paced, and I'm totally okay with that because I like having artists being very diverse in their craft. So, uh, I may come out with a list of slow songs to help people with their speed control if that's what they need. Uh, I'm pretty sure I have a good amount of songs I can give you guys. Uh, I will say to a lot of people when it comes to needing a thing to help them start really slow and kind of progress even faster throughout, uh, there is a sessions on YouTube from Sun Glitters called his Galapagos Sessions. And it's a three song mix and it starts out with a really slow song and then the so next song is a little bit faster and then the next song after that is a little bit faster. Uh, I always like using that mix as a good practice session because it's about 12 minutes long and you know again you're you're being staged from one song to the next to go a little bit faster and a little bit faster. And that's something I always want to kind of implore to a lot of people when it comes to finding something like that. Uh, it that's what works for me. I know it's not going to work for everybody, but again, I like I said in many many different episodes that you know you got to experiment and try things out and find out what works and what doesn't work because every Glover learns differently. Some may learn the same way, but when it comes to just trying out and experimenting new ideas to help you work on your craft, you just, it's trial and error. You know, it's like I've always said, it's trial and error. I, I still experiment around with different ideas to help me try out different ideas and different concepts, you know? So don't ever hesitate to actually experiment. So another idea when it comes to music to me is actually just branching out of the EDM scene. You know, uh, EDM is pretty much everywhere. It's very, very saturated in, in its entirety. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I feel like a lot of people kind of limit themselves to only EDM and branching out and going into other genres, whether it be hip hop, R&B, classical music, if you want to do it that way. Uh, I do indie rock from time to time, you know, uh, freak folk. You guys see me post a video about Coca Rosie's Lemonade and that's a freak folk song. That's not an EDM song. You know, I, I like I like doing that. I like trying to do light shows to non-EDM songs because it, to me, it's more of a challenge and it's a lot more fun. 
you know, branching out of the EDM scene is, in my opinion, is going to help you because it shows you how music can be structured in different ways, as well as you're not having to feel like you're being, you know, bombarded with beats and stuff like that. Now, I'm not saying that every EDM song is like that. I'm just saying that, you know, when it comes to different genres, it, it, it just takes different approaches. And that's what's important is that you're taking a different approach to your light show with the music. Okay. I hope that makes more sense for you guys. Now, a lot of people have said that when it comes to just listening to music that you should try, you know, hitting different parts of the beat patterns. So again, as much as I really <laughs> don't want to, I have to go through this to help explain it. So when it comes to music, everyone should have a good basic idea of how music is written. I have an episode that's about basic music understanding that you can go listen if you want to get a little bit more depth. But to summarize, you have a measure which is dictated by the time signature and typically when it comes to EDM, it is usually a four by four time signature, which what that means is that there's four beats in the measure and the quarter note is the downbeat. So what do they mean when it talks about hitting different beats in the song is, you know, maybe you hit every second downbeat instead of every single downbeat. You know, if it's a much slower song that you want to try to go a little bit faster, you can try hitting the upbeats as well. Which if you don't know what the upbeat is, is that if you're counting one, two, three, four, and you're tapping your foot to that, every time your foot goes up, that is considered the upbeat. And that's usually indicated by like an eighth note. So, you know, you got one and two and one and two, you know, that's, that's the idea. Again, go listen to my basic music understanding episode because it goes way more in depth about music and how it's structured but that's the basic idea is that you're literally breaking down the beats and measure to exemplify whether you want to go faster or whether you want to go slower okay and there are terms for this kind of concept that i always tell you have what's known as half stepping or double timing okay so half stepping to me is that you are instead of hitting every single beat you're hitting every other beat so like every first and third beat you're going to be hitting and the reason why that is is because maybe a song is really really fast again i like to use happy hardcore as a great example of a really fast paced type of genre just because it it really is it's very very fast paced if you haven't listened to like dj Searle, then i definitely recommend listening to him so you can get a grasp of what i'm talking about it's just extremely high tempo extremely fast paced so when you have something that fast, you want to quote unquote half step it where every beat is pretty much you're taking your moves and breaking it down in half. So for example, like if I'm doing tutting and I have my thumbs touching together, and I'm doing the whole field goal thing. Instead of the downbeat being me going all the way up to the tip of my index, one downbeat is going to be to my where my thumb and index connect. And then the next downbeat will be to my tip of my finger. Okay, that's an example. Now when it comes to double timing is, you know, it's basically the opposite when it comes to half stepping. So maybe a song's really, really slow. So when it comes to the upbeats, you want to indicate that by moving much faster, okay? So instead of like how it was, you know, you're going to move just a little bit faster, but you gotta indicate the upbeats. That way it makes more sense. Again, go check out my basic music understanding to help you to get a much more in-depth analysis on that. So <laughs> with that being said, there is a couple ideas that people also pretty much put out there when it came to the gloves. Okay, now I know not every single chip out there has this feature, but the accelerometer does have some applications here as well. And I know certain people are gonna tell me that they disagree with me and I'm totally okay with that. And just hear me out on this because I totally understand where you're coming from. 
when the people say that it's not a good idea to use the accelerometer to try to help you with your speed control, it makes a lot of sense because if you imagine a tire or a wheel, just a circle in this case, you know, the in, if it's spinning, the inside part, the very center of it, it's not going to be moving as fast as the edge of the circle, okay? So when it comes to like whips and flails and things like that, yeah, your, your tip of your hand is going to be moving much faster than what your wrist is doing because your wrist is the thing that's staying there. So if, if you look at it in that terms of math and science, it makes sense why people say not to do that. However, I do think that there's still some good application when it comes to the accelerometers. Okay, so I had a lovely conversation with a good amount of people about this and a lot of them were telling me that if you use the speed setting on the highest sensitivity for movement and you put the first pattern as blank so when it's just sitting idle, it's turned off. Okay, if that makes any sense. And then you're going to be working on trying to maintain a consistent speed. So once you actually get your lights to turn on, then they're going to turn on from the accelerometer. And if you move too slow, they're going to turn off. Now he did say put the, uh, the highest point setting to also blank. So if you're trying to maintain a very dis, you know, decent speed where you're not going too fast, we're not going too slow. Then, you know, if you're moving too slow, their lights are going to turn off. Then once you get to the desired speed, they're going to turn on. But if you go too fast, they're going to turn off again. Therefore, is helping you try to maintain that consistency of, of your hands moving. Okay, and I totally agree with that. I think that's a brilliant idea. I never even thought about doing it that way, and I like it. Again, I understand when people disagree with me because of my wheel anal uh, analogy here, but, but there are other ways to maintain that, and knowing that fact that you'll be able to actually control how much your, your whipping is and how, much, how fast it is and how much of that velocity you're throwing into your whips is also going to help exemplify because it shows you how much more control you have over your speed at every point of your body okay so and i totally understand if you disagree with me you're allowed to disagree with me and i'm totally okay with that but this is what i've been kind of coming up with all right so the accelerometer feature is going to be great if you do not have the accelerometer feature do not worry there are many other different methods out there that help you again you know going to slower music is a great example branching out of the edm genre is going to help you but you know, if you have accelerometers, you do have a good, you know, an actual device that actually will help you learn how to control your speed because that's what accelerometers are all about is measuring speed, <laughs> you know? So just putting that out there, guys, you know, it's just, that's how it is. So some of the other ideas that I saw a lot of people talking about, you know, again, half stepping and double timing, depending on what you're doing in terms of the song, if the song's really fast, too fast for you, you half step it. If it's too slow for you, you double time it. You know, again, go check out my music episode. It's gonna go way more in depth for you guys. Another thing that I also liked using, I love using this because it's it's very simple and it's something that you don't have to have music in order to do it too. So you guys have heard me use this thing before and I've talked about using this thing before, but a metronome is a great tool. It is not only to help people with music, it helps you with pace. It helps you with tempo. I use it constantly. I love metronomes. They're great and they're an awesome device. I can't believe not a lot of people like to use them. Okay. So when it comes to a metronome, I'm not saying that you have to have it on like 120 beats per minute or anything like that. What I usually tell people to do when it comes to learning how to pace is that you set it at a very moderate tempo. Usually maybe 90 beats per minute, 100 beats per minute is usually a good, comfortable medium for a lot of people okay now i'm not saying that you can't go any lower than 90 or, or anything like that you totally can if you want and i don't blame you if you do but 
I usually just say around like 90 to 100 is a very comfortable steady pace for a lot of people you know it's just low enough for you to see what you're doing but it's a lot it's just fast enough where you're not like dragging yourself along to get to that next point you know what i mean so when it comes to a metronome you know start there and then once you start feeling comfortable with your speed then you can maybe increase it and see if you can stay with it you know and if you're going to increase it i don't say go from like 100 to 105 i would say like go to 115 or maybe one you can might push it up to 120 if you want to do it but i usually would probably do anywhere from like 115 at first and then i'll kind of push it to 120 you'll you'll notice a significant difference that way now if you try to go if you want to go lower in terms of the bpms that's great because then you can actually practice on doing your double timing with a slow tempo and then of course when it comes to a higher tempo you can practice your half stepping with a metronome you know it's literally just something that's just ticking to set that tempo for you so you can work on it you know so just keep that in mind when it comes to that it is very simple i can certainly tell you you can get a metronome for free on your phone okay they're very easy to use you know you just click it you hit the start and then boom it's done you know you set your bpms you hit the start button it it goes so you know that's the thing you need to know now there's a couple of people who like to say to emphasize and exaggerate your moves and that is something that again will play into what i said previously with you know allowing your moves and concepts to be comprehended the emphasis and exaggeration is going to help allow that to be comprehended okay and of course the last thing I definitely want to talk about, which I know some people are going to think is weird for me to say this, but this is something I have done in different aspects of my life, and I feel like it can transfer over here. Weight training and resistance training. Okay, so as much as people might disagree with me, this there there is a very good point to this. Okay, now I'm not saying that you have to be like lifting weights in order to get the weight training done. No, 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 no. There have been, I've seen these in the past when I was much, much younger, where my mom would actually have these little gloves that, or weights that she would put on her hands and then she would go and work out and that would add a little bit of resistance to her hands to, you know, strengthen her hands. So, <laughs> so with that in mind, you can use that. You can use that to help you gain that strength because you're also training yourself how to adapt to that weight. Now, I can certainly tell you after you do that for a little while and then you take the weights off and you try to do it again, your hands are going to move way much faster because they feel much lighter because they accommodated to that weight. Okay. And now when it comes to resistance training, I'll certainly say that I saw people doing this. I thought, that, you know, they probably were just doing it for fun, but there is an actual good application here is when people were actually doing finger shows underwater water is going to add that resistance okay so you're you're going to feel that resistance and a lot and your body's going to adapt to that so what weight training and resistance training is going to help you with is that you're going to build the strength to actually control how fast you're going you know whether you're you know lifting weights to move much faster or using resistance training to actually show you how much slower you need to be you know so those are the two things that i like doing i i can certainly tell you that you know, I have certain weights that I can actually put on my hands and actually work with it. Now, I'm not saying that you need arm weights or leg weights or anything like that to do it with. If you want to, you can go ahead. Again, experiment. Go nuts with it. Try things out and see what works for you. If it doesn't work, you can move on to another thing. You know, again, Thomas Edison didn't, you know, come up with one way to find a light bulb and how to work. He found out like 2,000 different ways how to not make one work. You know, so, you know, just keep something like that in mind. But that's pretty much all for my episode. I'm 
So glad I was actually able to cover this topic because it was a very interesting topic to read about and what people have come up with to help you with your, your speed control. There are many other different ways to help you with that. I will certainly say this is probably the introduction to it. I would probably cover this again later down the road when there's a little bit more advanced stuff that I can talk about. But I definitely want to hear from you guys. How do you guys like about this topic? What questions do you have for me? I have various outlets you can hit me up at, of course, I have a Facebook page, which is aptly named The Globby Paradigm. You can message me there. I do have an email, which is muttonchopguy@gmail.com. You can also find me on Reddit, which is under the username muttonchopguy as well. And of course, I do have a Discord server that you guys can find me on there as well. I've been trying to put a little bit more, more things into it to try to get a little bit more active. Uh, I think I do have a way to do that, so we'll definitely see how that goes. Couple other things I definitely want to let you guys know is that if you guys watched my video on that I posted on Friday, that I am doing a new study on new lights. I definitely would like to have you guys join me on that. It would be fantastic. I'm hoping that I can consistently do it every Friday after I do my little recordings and editing and all that stuff. That's usually when I do my recordings is on Fridays. So I definitely want you guys to join me and see how we're gonna do this with these lights. I'm very excited to get started on studying these lights and getting another chip analysis archive review up on, this, on the page and all that stuff. It's gonna be a lot of fun. So hopefully you guys will join me there and I just definitely want to thank everyone who has liked the page so far, who recently joined in on my little, my little community of people liking the page. It is fantastic to see the growth just consistently going. It makes me so happy to see that people are listening in and getting some pretty good ideas to just take for themselves. You know, so thank you guys. You guys are amazing. I love you all. I am your host, Peter, aka LPD at the Butte, and I'll see you guys all next week. <laughs>